test, just to play, just to try, you know, try it out, see what happens, film some things, see how it goes, you know? And then you learn and you go, okay, well, I can't control this. I could control that. I could do this. I couldn't do that. Okay. Well, how do I work with that? Then you're going to have questions. You're going to have things. Then you're going to come back. And if somebody has some experience, you're going to know what to ask them. But if you haven't done any of that stuff, you're not going to know what to ask them. You're going to be an inexperienced person. So all your plans are nonsense because you're planning in theory and then theory and reality do not line up without experience. Experience is the glue that bonds theory and reality together. And without experience, those two things are very separate, separate atmospheres that do not exist in the same realm. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Well, it took us a little while to get here, but here we are with You'll Find Your Way on the way. Uh, I think we got some some interesting avenues to discuss with this one. We talk a lot. I mean, we are called Way of the Artist after all. Um, so, you know, everything is kind of about the way, finding your way. What is your way? Um, and that whole exploration and all of the the facets and branches of of what that all means and I think if we've learned anything about this Brandon is that there's no set thing it's never set it's never something that you can just like grab onto and and that's it and you know you've never arrived at any point and in fact actually that's that there was a quote that I shared with you which was part of what has spurred on this conversation from uh, from Lao Tzu, which is uh, the good traveler has no fixed plans and is not intent on arriving. Um, man, that's 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 like a great quote for way of the artist. <laughs> Here it has a lot to say, but um, I think we're going to get into a lot of things. Uh, I'm really interested in particular about like just letting things kind of fly letting letting your stuff just allowing yourself to share your stuff and and how we are more often more ready than we think we are and how we can unnecessarily delay and hinder ourselves and the the wisdom and value of just just to allowing yourself to just take action well evan <laughs> i didn't know you were going to stop there um <laughs> i didn't know i was going to stop there either <laughs> so i thought i'm like am i about to say something else so i guess not i was waiting with bated breath taking action it's taking action you know it's 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 an important part of your journey i mean if you don't do anything none of it really matters or adds up to anything so at some point you got to take action and i think like Part of what we're talking about, and we're, we're, I think this is going to go in a bunch of different arenas. So I don't even know really like how to say this is where it's going, but I can say that like a lot of the time you're on the journey already before you figure out where you're even going. And and I think that there's this 
confusion that somehow you you need to know where you're going before you even take your first step. And I just don't think that's true. I think a lot of the time you think you know where you're going when you take your first step and you go, okay, well, this is, this is where I th- I'm going. And then you walk along that path a little ways. And then you realize actually, no, I'm going over here. And I thought it was going there, but I'm actually going over here. And the problem for the procrastinator and the person who uh, basically just never takes action is that they always are just plaguing themselves with like, I got to figure out where I'm going. I got to be organized and planned and, and, and sorted out. And they don't make room for the fact that this whole path that you think you're on is just kind of made up as you go. And I think for the people who are very, uh, you know, they like structure and they want things to be very linear and they want things to be very predictable. Um, you have a tough time with this kind of stuff because you spend an incredible amount of time in your planning stages. And then just think about it. Your plans are worth nothing. And I mean nothing unless you take action on them. And there's so many people out there who sit around planning all day and never taking action. And literally, guys, you have never gotten anything done. Planning means zero in the real world. It's all in your head. It's all made up. Nothing counts until you actually do it. So the action takers, although sometimes careless and unplanned, tend to get more done than the planners simply because they just do it and they figure it out as they go. And so here's the thing. If you're a planner and you're a procrastinator, what you're actually like, if you identify as that, like if you notice that about yourself, what's happening is I want you to recognize that you're a very intelligent person because intelligent people tend to plan. They tend to procrastinate and they tend to work it out and get it organized. Mm -hmm. Problem is, is intelligence is not always your best friend. And it's great to be intelligent, but sometimes it's good to just be a dumbass. I mean, like, I, I like, I like, honestly, I'm just telling you this because like at a certain point you just have to say like, I'm too smart for my own good. I need to just take an action and get this ball rolling. Well, yeah, uh, there's, so there's a number of interesting things. Cause like I, I, for me, I understand as somebody who has procrastinated a lot in their lives, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, like it's, it is like you're using your intelligence against yourself. Um, procrastination is fear. Like let's, let's call it for, for what it is. Procrastination is not, you know, you know, to, to say that it's just procrastination is laziness is actually lazy itself is a lazy understanding of it. Yeah. For a lot of people believe that as well. Totally. Absolutely. It's, it's all, it's all just a fear. And in many ways, planning is, is a defense mechanism. We're trying to defend and protect ourselves from, from something which, you know, and look, planning has, I'm not saying that there's no sense in planning, but as you said, planning is absolutely useless. Um, if, it's never ever turned into into any kind of action if it doesn't actually spur you into action i think i've said this a few times in the last number of weeks but i'm more and more convinced that the function of planning is just to get you out the door like that's that's it for me at least that's that's how 
planning functions best for me, but I know that I've used planning in the past to protect myself to a point of not actually getting my shit out there, not actually daring to do that thing, trying to have the perfect solution and answer to any possible thing that might come up. The problem is, is that you're going to inevitably and sometimes very suddenly come up to something that you didn't plan for. Like it's, it's, it's pretty much inevitable. So I, you know, I think that there's this fear of making a mistakes from my own experience of dealing with procrastination and that fear and that anxiety that, that, that you're living with is that it feels like for me, it was, it's this general fear of falling into a hole that I can't get out of making a mistake that I can't recover from that, that, you know, something going wrong that just, that will be, that will be the end of me kind of thing. It's just, and it's always generalized. It's nothing specific, right? It's, um, then maybe like, oh, my reputation will be ruled. I'll have no money. I'll have, you know, like if this doesn't work or, or, you know, what if people don't like me? What if people, you know, talk bad about me? What if all of this, this fails and, and, and the thought of never being able to recover from that, you're not being able to handle that, not being able to whatever, um, to respond adequately. And for the most part, I've, I've begun to realize how unnecessary and untrue a lot of those, those thoughts are, uh, and how actually you often find that people are a lot more supportive than you think. I think sometimes you're looking out there at like a scary world and feeling like, oh, like people are going to just, you know, they're going to hate this and they're going to try and Hey, look, there's a reality to that. We live in a, in a society, in a culture with technology where people will just troll people will just, will just talk shit that does exist. But for the most part, people are pretty, pretty decent. You know, mm -hmm. people are pretty decent. And, and just as a reminder, the, the trolls, like they're not worth, they're not worth a half a second of your thought. The things they have to say yeah. in their comments are not worth a a fucking a fucking ounce of your energy. Nothing. Nothing. Anyone who just wants to shit talk, anyone who just wants to wants to tear down and just be bitter and 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 criticize and and like these these people like I have sympathy and 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 empathy because I have a sense of where that comes from but for you as a person who's trying to put yourself out there particularly when it's a scary thing and it's always a scary thing on some level but it's just not worth it it's not worth a second of your energy and effort in worrying about what people like that have to say so uh, yeah, there's just, I, I just wanted to cover it. There's this, there's this fear of, of, I think falling into like this hole that you just won't get out of. And for one, that's just not really true. And something that you were talking about, Brandon, uh, and I'll, I'll turn it over to you. 
but it's this thing of you you don't know necessarily what you have to do until you're doing it sometimes just getting out there actually tells you tells you and directs you through the immediate response to doing it of what actions you got to take what do you where you got to go next um that planning just can't can't address so brandon <laughs> yeah, i know a, i ranted there i ranted yeah. for a bit oh man there's lots to say i think it was jim ron i think it was him who said this i could be wrong but it was something along the lines of the closest thing that some people will ever get to success is taking a bite out of you hmm. the closest they'll ever taste success is taking a bite out of you something like that i mean like look if you're doing it if you're in the arena you're fighting the battle you're winning that's that that is life man that's that's life 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 is not about always winning the fight it's about being in the fucking fight be in the fight man be in the fight this is what we should celebrate we should celebrate the person that shows up to the battle you know it's great to see the person win the battle but the person who shows up to the battle man that is the battle most of the time when you're in a fight, I've been in fights before I've been in many. I'm not, it's not something I like to do, but I had to be in fights. And there were certain fights that I had to be into where I had to show up. And I was the sure loser. I was the person that was not supposed to be there. But there's a certain point in your life where you've taken enough shit. And you just say, you know what? Win or fucking lose, I'm going to show up. And what you find out what I found out is that my interpretation of myself was not as accurate as it was because the fire in me to defend myself was so much stronger than the bully that thought they could threaten me. And even if they were bigger and stronger and they had more fight experience, there's fire in you when you show up. There's something about showing up that you go it's just do or die. Cause I'm here now and I have to do it. I have to do it. It's my life. And your dreams are like that. You know, they, you think like maybe, you know, you're not ready. You don't have it together. You don't know enough, whatever. But the thing is, is like the things you want in life, there's so much more spirit in you than you realize is in you. And, and you're never going to find out what's inside of you until you're in the arena. And the only way you're ever going to enter the arena of life is by entering it and doing it and stepping into it. And it's frightening. And look, don't get me wrong, but these trolls and these cowards, because that's what they are, they've never walked in the arena because nobody who's ever been in the arena ever trolls anybody. I can tell you that because the thing is, is that all the people that are really doing the shit that you want to do, we don't troll each other. Because we're in it and we know what it's like. It's fucking brutal at times. And you don't troll each other because you know that it's brutal enough just being in there at times. We know how hard it is. And, and I include myself in that arena because I make an effort as much as I possibly fucking can to step into the arena of life. Whether that means asking out the girl I like, making the movie I want to make, doing the thing I want to do, going to the meeting that I don't think I'm ready for. You walk into it and you do your best. 
And then you find out, you learn, you're going to make mistakes. And yeah, you know, are there going to be losers out there that point out the mistakes that you made? Sure there are. But those losers are not making those mistakes so they can go fuck themselves as far as I'm concerned. And look, yes, I'm being a little bit brash here. But I'm fighting for the dreamer. I'm not fighting for the fucking coward. I'm fighting for the the, the courageous one, which is you on the other end of this, uh, listening to this podcast. In my opinion, you're the courageous one because only the coward would ever knock what I just said. The courageous person would go fucking bravo, Brandon. Yes, I get it. That makes sense to me. Dare I go into my life and take a bold step towards the arena of whatever my dreams are, you know? It sounds very poetic, but honestly, like, that's just me saying the truth. Go out there, step into it. You're going to find out how to fight by being in the fight. You know what I mean? And look, sometimes you got to get beat up. It's just part of life. Just take your hits, move on, learn, grow, advance. You know, you'll learn. Sometimes you got to get beat up to know what you need to learn. It's just, but you'll survive. Most of the shit you'll survive. That's the most important thing to remember. You know, it's just a knock. It's just a bruise. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it usually isn't. And uh, yeah, even in my own experience, I've noticed that the mistakes I've made, I've, you know, sometimes I go, oh, shit, I made, like, I could have done. But normally it's just like, oh, I could have done that better. Yeah. You know, and great. Learn how to learn how to do that better. Um there's never been anything that's unrecoverable from because normally I find that the mistakes that you have are never more than you can handle. You know, they, they kind of come at you in, in like little, little bits and pieces. And it's a, it's a gradual, steady, progressive kind of a movement. Right. Um, but yeah, there's something to this whole whole thing that really I connect with, and and for me is something that uh, I wish that that I had learned when I was younger. But really, learning that I was more ready than I thought for so many different things. You know, this feeling of like I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Uh, you know, there's so many people who are just smarter and better and da 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 You know, like you can make up all kinds of excuses. And for one, not only are other people not necessarily, you know, better or or smarter than you are, it's just, as we've been saying, some it's usually just people who have dared to step into the arena, the people who have dared to actually start putting a foot into, into it, you know, and, and, yeah, maybe you take a few shots, but like, it's never more than you can handle. And, and you grow and you grow and you grow and you grow until, and that's how you become, you know, we were talking a bit before we started recording, like about authority and neither of us are particular, uh, are particularly keen on the idea of authority. Um, but, uh, but in some ways, that's how you start to become something that we might call an authority is by going out there and and you do it. Um, That's how any real authority has come to do it. Real authority, but that's a whole other conversation. I actually don't want to get into that. So I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to just back away slowly from that conversation for a second. But this thing of, um, you know, the ideas that we have about being, being ready there's, I remember years ago when I went and did a, uh, 
trip to Europe by myself when I was a much younger man. I guess not much younger, but you know, I was, I was a young man going to Europe by myself and, uh, I had some stuff, you know, cause like I was, I had places that I was planning to go and see and, and whatever. I had some things, but most of the trip just as a, as a sidebar was stuff that I never expected to happen. I knew kind of where I was going to be, but I didn't know what was going to happen when I was there necessarily. Um, almost 95% of the time. Uh, and getting ready for it. One of the pieces of advice that continually kept up was pack your bag and once you've packed your bag take out half of everything that's in there take out half i actually didn't really follow that advice i maybe took a few other few things out and in retrospect i was like i wish i didn't pack as much shit as i packed i think i actually ended up leaving some things behind because I was just like, Oh, I've got, I bought stuff. I have things that I'm taking with me now. And now I've got to haul all this shit with me. Uh, so there's like there, it, to me, it's, it's an apt metaphor in terms of this whole thing with readiness. There's the stuff that you pack because you think that you need it, but it actually is going to just hinder you and slow you down in the long run. Because you're going to find out what you actually need and what you actually want. And there's going to be things that, that you're going to want to take on. There's going to be things that it's like, oh, you know what? I want to, I want to buy these clothes. I want to buy this souvenir. I didn't know I was going to want it, but I, that's, that's actually what I want. That's the direction to take now. So I need to take that on. And it means that something else has to go. Some part of the plan, some part of the, the, the preparation has to, has to be let go of. Right. So we don't, I think that we get hung up in this thing of like, I'm not ready. And I just want to encourage people. It's like, you are probably totally ready. (laughs) You're at least more ready than you think. And maybe you're not entirely ready for the big vision that you have in your mind, the big vision that you have in your heart but you're ready for a piece of it. Mm. You're ready for some piece of it enough that there's something that you can do to put your foot into, into the arena to borrow from your metaphor again, Brandon. (laughs) I think one of the big things is to remember, it's not going to go perfect. You know, like get that right out of your head and only trolls, only trolls, think that everything should go perfect people who are in the arena you know you get you get you get cut you know you get you get nicked you get bumped you trip you stumble things happen you know it's not it's not perfect and uh this whole pursuit of perfection is just it's it's, it's crazy talk guys it's crazy talk you know like just do your best. And look, not all of us start from the same place. So don't compare yourself to other people either. I mean, some people, um, you know, they just, they start at a different place than you do. They're not going to make the same mistakes you make. You might be making mistakes that seem obvious later after you've made them, but like, you don't know. Um, like you can make excuses in life or you can, you can just make reasons to do things. 
And excuses, like, like if you want your whole life to be an excuse, then sit around all day planning and prepping and trying to be perfect and procrastinating and doing all those P words that I just threw out there. But you can go do that and you can just like, you know, you can let your life pass you by. And then you know what? Maybe one day, maybe you'll take an attempt and you know what you'll find out anyway? <laughs> you didn't plan well enough. You weren't prepared enough. You, you know, you did it too soon. You didn't procrastinate long enough. It's all going to be a fucking mess and you're going to be in a mess regardless. So why not just get into the mess now? Cause that's what you actually want to do. And the other alternative is if there's something you really want to do, we have a weird way of talking ourselves out of it as time goes on. It's not like preparation and planning actually makes you more invested in it. Actually in a weird way, it actually makes you less invested in it. It's usually the person that does it on a whim that flies by the seat of their pants that actually is more invested than the person who has done all the planning, all the preparation, all the schoolwork, all the blah, 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 to try and get ready. It's usually the person that just went in and did it. And so like your whole life can just pass you by trying to plan for it. And I can tell you one thing. I mean, it sounds so obvious, but you're alive right now. And I can tell you from personal experience, that tomorrow is not guaranteed. So you're alive right now. And right now is what you do. And if you want to wait, that's what you're doing. And if you want to do it, that's what you're doing. But you're either waiting or you're doing it. So I say, why don't you just take a fucking gamble on you? Why don't you bet on, bet on you? You know, stop gambling on preparation, stop gambling on preparation, stop gambling on, on procrastination and perfection. Stop gambling on that shit. Why don't you gamble on you? Cause you're alive now and this is happening now and your life is right now. And you do not know that tomorrow exists. You really don't. You think you do. You think you have time, but you don't know that for sure. And the only thing you're going to be wishing if you were dying tomorrow is that I wish I did it. That's all that's going to matter. If it really matters to you, if it's truly in your heart, that's all that's going to matter. So why not just do it and die doing it, die doing it. Don't die waiting on it. Don't die procrastinating about it. There's so much more in us than we give ourselves credit for. And I, you know, I think like that's, a, that's a big thing about this talk, right? It's like, you're going to find out on the journey where to go. You're going to find out where you need to go and what you need to do, but you're already going to be walking it. You're all going to be on it. And you're, you know what? Most authority figures that you look up to, half of them are bullshit. They've never even walked the path. They've read a book on the path and they're telling you what they have learned from other people and studied of other people. Those people don't even listen to them because they're useless. Then there's the other people that are on the path. None of them have made it to the final destination, guys. None of them. They're all on a certain part of their journey. And they're telling you based on the experience they had to the degree that they've gotten along the journey. Those are the action takers. Those are the only people you should listen to in life. And none of them have gotten to their final destination. Because even if they did get to where they thought they were going to get, they just set a new destination and they're walking that one now. But you might respect the fact that, hey, like this person took a few steps in that direction and like 
maybe they could tell me a thing or two, you know? So why don't you be one of those people who actually walk the path and you might walk it wrong, but Hey, look, you can look back to everyone else and say, look, this is not the way to go. I already walked down that way. Uh, I made a total mistake. It was not the right way to go. I'm going this way now. And you know what? There's something in that. There's something valuable in you doing that. It, it helps everyone who comes after you, but it also helps you because then you learn what's the wrong way to go. And you're going to learn some things from that. It's not theory. It's, it's reality. It's the real deal. You know, you're in it, you're doing it. Yeah. You know, like sometimes, uh, Brandon and I like to just throw out whenever we're, we're thinking of any topic and, and trying to hash out what we're, what we're trying to say and, and, and get some clarity around it. We ask like, well, what, how does the master artist practice this how does the mass how does a master artist you know whatever art they're in but how does the master artist what is their mentality what is their what is their outlook their perception on this and a master artist before they engage in any work or when they engage in any work recognizes that it is full of unexpected things that are going to come up there's an understanding that it is a journey that does not that does not necessarily have an answer to it. It's, um, you know, there's this great quote, and I'm sure lots of people have heard it, but it's like, it's like, don't try to, don't try to have the answers today that you don't have live the questions and perhaps in some distant future you will stumble into the answers mm. right like it's it's the question is so often more important and that's very often what i think a great artist comes in with is a question you know what if what would this be like what would you know like it's it's that question and that question is asked on on the canvas, the the metaphorical canvas. Let's expand the, our idea of what that means in this in this one. But but you know, you ask that question on the canvas, and and you see what comes out of it. And maybe there's an answer there. Maybe there isn't an answer there. But maybe there's a perspective there. Maybe there's who knows. Right. But the thing is that you don't know the master artist doesn't know what's there until they're doing it. You know, I've heard uh, Daniel Day Lewis in an interview talk about his his uh, annoyance, essentially, at a lot of the, the press kits that are done during the filming of a movie because, you know, he's pulled aside, you know, and sat in a chair, you know, like uh, on, on the set somewhere and is being asked about you know what has the process been like or whatever and and i i remember his answer was was i don't fucking know i'm in the middle of this process right like i like how am i supposed to answer that yeah how am i supposed to like i'm i'm in the middle of it and and whether there's any sort of answer to that like it's not going to happen now 
it's not going to, we're, it, we, we're not going to find it, right? We just need to sometimes commit ourselves to the process, commit ourselves to the question, commit ourselves to just stepping out with that vision and seeing what happens, seeing what comes from it, seeing what we, what we can, what we can learn. And, you know, it's through those things where you really start to find your place to a certain extent. Like I know as also being, you know, a person who runs a business as well, that I've gone through all sorts of different like journeys with in terms of how like I'm communicating to people about what I do. And to a large degree, it's because it's only through doing it. It's only been through teaching as well as, you know, running different aspects of the business that I've come to understand more clearly what it is that I'm actually doing and not just what I'm doing, but what I'm actually passionate about doing. But I've only started to figure that out through the, that process of starting. It's like, okay, well, this is what I think this is about. This is what I think I'm doing. Right. And that's the closest thing that I have right now at this moment. And you go with it and there's nothing wrong with it. But then you go about for a little while and you start to go, oh, shit, shit. This this is actually more of what I'm doing. So now I can communicate that. Right. I can communicate that. And then you you and it's continued to evolve. And I'm sure it's going to to continue, you know, forever and ever and ever. You know, where there's just, you, you commit to just being more truthful to yourself. You know, you commit to just being more honest with yourself about what you're doing, what you really love, what you really care about. I think that's really, for me, a, a huge part of it. And you just, when you continue to do that and you have that commitment and that pursuit to do what's in your heart and to actually do it that you start to figure it out. You know, like it's, uh, I think we've said before that, you know, you lead with your heart and your head will pick it up. You know, your heart, like your, your head will pick up the pieces, you know, but you lead with the heart because like your, your brain will catch up, your brain will catch up, but it can't, it can't give you that thing that the heart has inside of it. Mm -hmm. which is is the key for you the, the mind is just a tool it's a tool for for that inner part of yourself to work with right to to actually kind of turn things and and work with things and shape things and and that's all great that's all wonderful but it's not the leader in this arrangement it doesn't it shouldn't be the leader in this whole arrangement um I know I've been talking a bit. There was one last thing that I had wanted to say. Yes, is that just I want to reiterate that commitment to to expressing that thing that's in your heart, which is a passion, but is often a question about something. And you take action on that and you and you express it and you you bring it out. And you will start to figure things out and then you're not, you're not living by some fixed plan. The plan 
can change at any moment. And the plan can change at any moment intelligently. It doesn't mean that anything is a failure. It actually means it's a success, right? When you're really just, when you're responding to your life and to your passion in that way, that's operating in the world with real intelligence. Mm -hmm. Hey everybody, this is Evan. And this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. I find often it, you get to a certain point on your path of actually taking action and then new things are revealed to you. And so then with those new things that are revealed, you make different decisions than you would have initially, but it took you to getting to that point before you could realize something. And so the whole game of theorizing and planning to me is like, it's it's first of all, this is my opinion and look, it might not be fact, but like, in my opinion, most people who plan and theorize are full of shit if they don't have any experience, because the only reason why theory and planning actually works is because you have experience to base it upon, to have a reference point of, if you have no experience, theory and planning are useless to you like literally useless. They're, they're so useless. It's, it's, it's profound. Yes. There's probably some realm of planning that works some realm of theory that helps, but like mostly they're garbage. Like if let's take it into filmmaking, cause that's my like main thing, but like until you've made a film, you know, Jack, in my opinion, you know, Jack shit. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not even going to pull a punch on that. You know, jack shit until you pointed a camera and called action and watched your actors act and you've done something and you've been on set and you know what that's like, you know, jack fucking shit. And, and, and I'll say that to fucking anybody because it's the, in it, it's the being in it. It's the, trying it that you start to realize holy shit i can't just tell an actor like cry and they're gonna cry like like a lot of directors who are coming to film school they think oh like you need to cry you need to be that's terrible fucking direction because you don't understand acting you don't understand the process you don't understand how this works you don't understand you're dealing with a human being that you don't just get to say push a button and say do this for me maybe if you're working in animation maybe you can get away with some of that, but there's going to be other problems. I guarantee it. So until you've made an animation film, you probably don't know jack shit either. You got to go do it. You got to go make it. You got to go try it. You know, you got to go, you got to go fumble around. You got to go bumble around. You got to go do some things, see what happens. And then through that, you're going to find out what doesn't work mostly. And maybe some things will work and like, congratulations, you know, cause like sometimes they do work and sometimes it's just pure, like your vision and your whatever, it just, you stumble across some things that just happen and they're great. But 
mostly you're going to find out a lot of things that didn't work because that film, whatever film you make the first time is going to be the worst film you probably ever make in your entire life. Unless you start mailing it in and trying to do something for reasons that are outside of, you know, authentic reasons. But let's say you're doing it authentically. The first film you make is going to be your worst film and you're going to make a bunch of mistakes. So you might as well learn by doing something that is like just a test, just a play, just to try, you know, try it out, see what happens, film some things, see how it goes, you know? And then you learn and you go, okay, well, I can't control this. I could control that. I could do this. I couldn't do that. Okay. Well, how do I work with that? Then you're going to have questions. You're going to have things. Then you're going to come back. And if somebody has some experience, you're going to know what to ask them. But if you haven't done any of that stuff, you're not going to know what to ask them. You're going to be an inexperienced person. So all your plans are nonsense because you're planning in theory and then theory and reality do not line up without experience. Experience is the glue that bonds theory and reality together. And without experience, those two things are very separate, separate atmospheres that do not exist in the same realm most often. So uh, most look at great filmmakers. They generally were playing around with their cameras and trying different things. And then they started to figure out what worked. And then that's what you know them for, because through their experience, they figured out how to match theory with practicality. They put it together and they started to figure out, okay, what can I actually do here? Um, it's probably the same for painting and music and acting and everything. Uh, I mean, I have some experience in those mediums, but like, I'm not going to like step into that and just say like, this is how it is, but it probably is pretty much the same. If you haven't picked up a paintbrush and you have a theory about what you want to paint and you've never painted anything, you probably don't understand how paint actually works. You don't understand how it hits the canvas. You don't understand how it spills. You don't understand how putting too much weight on something probably causes something. You know what I mean? You don't have that experience. So do it. <laughs> how many times do I have to say this? In, in a, you know, it, like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying this because like you guys aren't doing it. But like something I learned from some of my mentors is they kind of go, look, I'm kicking your ass right now. This is what they say. I'm kicking your ass right now, but I'm not doing it to be mean. I'm just kicking your ass because it's like, it helps you to like, you know, to do it. And so I always appreciate that. So like, yeah, like I get it. Like I would do it if I knew better, but you're kicking my ass as though I, I'm not doing it cause I don't know better, but it's like, like you got to do it basically if I'm thinking of a certain particular mentor, they would probably say, look, I'm kicking your ass right now. Stop talking about it. Start doing it. You know what I mean? Cause this is like what you're talking about until you've done it. Like we, we can't talk about anything cause you're, you're in la la land. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a, a kind of intelligence. There's a kind of in, intelligence that, um, that is in operation or that doesn't come into operation until you've started doing something like I I'm sure every human being can relate to this where you're learning about how to do something, d doing anything, something mundane. Like, yeah, you're learning how to, you know, how to just paint, like just paint your house, like painting a room or, or something. And, and someone will say like, Oh, watch out. Like if you get too much paint on the brush, it'll start to run. And it's like, oh, okay, so you, you bank that, but you don't actually really know what too much is. 
you know, you don't know what that actually looks like. You don't really know what that feels like, but you know it just as an idea. And then you actually put the brush to the wall and suddenly you go, oh shit, yeah, the, the, the paint really does does start to run if you got too much paint on it. So that now you've actually learned, you, you can actually make a real adjustment because you have a real experience with it and a kind of learning and understanding that that's come out of it. Um, you know, hilariously, like situations where you know, like riding like a something like a quad or something like that, like a quad bike or or something to that effect. And and being told like, oh, be careful, it's got a lot of kick, you know, in the first gear. And you go, oh, okay. And not having ridden this first, and then you hit it and the thing almost you almost go flying off of it, even though you knew that that was a possibility, even though you knew that that could happen. Uh, because you don't know, you don't know how to, to necessarily hold your body. You know, you don't know how to, you know, like, like how you need to prepare yourself on the, on the machine or whatever, before you hit the, hit the gas. And you don't know at what point that you're, you're pulling on the throttle or pushing on the throttle that it really starts to kick in. Like it's, it's all just theory until you've done it. Right. And, and sometimes you get thrown from the bike <laughs> on your first time <laughs> around. Right. Like, um, you know, that's why sometimes you wear a helmet, right. There's, there's, there's the things that you can control. There's the things that you can do that are wise, but then there's other things that's like, you just don't know. And you, and we have to, to get used to accepting some of this stuff. You know, I think that, um, we spend way too much time trying to prevent and and avoid uh being uncomfortable or or having to like get get our you know hands a little bit dirty or our knees a little bit scraped up there there's there's nothing wrong with that i was just watching this uh, a video from big think the other day about like um anti-fragility you know how like we how we need to become anti-fragile yeah. You know, like there's how there's this um there's this kind of pressure that we actually thrive in. You know, there's this pressure that actually helps us to grow. And so having a a a positive relationship with with some of those things of pressure and when you start taking action, you you give yourself a certain kind of pressure that you can actually begin to grow from when you're stuck in the, in the planning slash procrastinating stage, there is another, there is a pressure that builds, but it's not one that gives you that, that, that is as teaching. Like yeah. it can teach you, but it really only teaches you after you start to take action <laughs> as I've learned in my case, where it's just like, Oh shit. Yeah. That was a waste of time. You know, like I didn't need to, I didn't need to spend all this time worrying about being ready for this or whether this was, was okay. I just needed to actually get out there and start doing it. And now I'm getting the pressure that I need, the pressure that I actually need, as opposed to the pressure of, I haven't, I haven't started yet. Like I haven't taken that step out there. That's to me, I've learned is the worst pressure now. 
It is the, the wor worst pressure. The yeah. worst, yeah. It's like the pressure of having not started something that you've been like working on or putting off or whatever it is. That pressure is so is is so fear inducing, so anxiety inducing, so like just it it's so crippling that kind of pressure. So it's it's much worse than the pressure you face from like, okay, I'm taking action. And now there's things happening because it's like suddenly there's 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 changes that are going on and there's things to respond to and you go, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, like, and it's much more exciting. It's a hell of a lot more fun than, than that, that kind of non-action pressure where you're just sitting inside yourself in an unpleasant soup. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is, I mean, and I mean, you might have kind of commented on this or at least alluded to it, which is like, the more you prepare and plan, the more pressure you build up in trying to get it right which is a yeah. part of the problem too. I mean, like you, you spent all this time on planning and prepping and now if it goes wrong, now it's all the more devastating. Whereas if you just went and did it, you didn't plan or prep. So like, you don't have so much pressure on yourself. You make a mistake. You're like, well, I just started. So like, who cares? You know, but if you spend all this time doing theory and planning and prepping and all that stuff, you end up building it up into something that it really isn't, you know, you make it into, mm -hmm. and, and somehow I think also you build yourself up into some person who's supposed to be able to perform in a certain way that you just like, you're not going to be capable of until you actually physically do it. You know? Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, like anybody who's done any type of mechanical stuff will, will know what I mean, but it's like when you push the gas pedal of a, of a forklift or a, a side-by-side -side or an ATV, or you pull the, handle on a on a on a dirt bike right and you feel that that pull and you don't know how much it's gonna how much more it could give because you never even pulled it all the way yet and if you pull it too hard too quickly you're like whoa like i remember riding a, a like a like um like when i'm in my early 20s i remember i was on a, a 150 or 125 bike i think it was a 150 and i remember i pulled the pulled the handle back and then the thing started doing a wheelie and I was like, Oh my God. Like I'm like, and I had to put my feet down because I was going to flip the whole bike over. And then you even realize how much power the thing had in it because I'd never really been on one before, you know? And, um, the thing is, is like, you just don't know the feel of it. And I think one of the big things we're talking about today is just about how, like when you're on the, the path of whatever you're doing, there's a feel element that we don't always factor in, you know, you just, it's just mm -hmm. feeling it. It's just kind of getting in the groove of like, how does this, what's my body sensation and relationship to this? You know, it's so important. And theory just will never teach you that it will give you yeah. ideas. It will kind of give you um, sometimes options that you don't have, or maybe even directions that you didn't know about. And theory is 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 a wonderful thing to some degree but in my experience it really is only valuable once you have experience like how to drive a forklift better doesn't matter until you've actually like mobilized the machine and like um mm -hmm. i've done forklift training for example i'm forklift certified it's one of the machines i know how to drive 
And it's a cool machine to drive, honestly. Like I've driven a whole bunch of them and they're not all the same. I've driven electric, I've driven gas, I've driven bigger ones, smaller ones, all sorts of things. Um, but when I did the test, um, you know, you sit there and you talk about theory and you talk about safety and all that stuff's good to learn. You should learn about safety. I mean, when you're dealing with machines, mm -hmm. you should learn about safety. You should understand some practicality. Don't get me wrong. I don't think you should just throw someone in a machine and say, okay, drive it, <laughs> like, yeah, lift yeah. this heavy thing. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. But there's within reason. I never really learned how to forklift drive until I actually stepped into the machine. And then once I stepped in the machine, all the theory I had learned in the past and everything I learned in the future became relevant. But it really is very, um, maybe there's an exception to some people, but for most people, you're not going to know until you actually handle the thing you're trying to do, until you actually are in it, doing it, trying it, feeling it. Body feeling is incredibly important in the relationship to knowledge and awareness and growth. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in particular, there's, there's certain circumstances where you're dealing with where, where there are safety concerns, but you know, the, like it still goes to prove the point that even in those situations, it's like, okay, we have this theory, but now we have a test. You have to now demonstrate yeah. that you can do this. Right. Because we distinguish that there is a difference between the theoretical knowledge of it and being able and capable to actually do something. Right? right. So there's, we still recognize uh, a difference. You know, some, another sort of metaphor that, that came to mind in this conversation is something like water skiing. Like, I don't know if you've ever been water skiing, but I remember learning how to do it. And it's like, you know, people tell you like, okay, like I'm going to do it. It's a little nerve wracking usually learning how to water ski. Cause you see people face plant and maybe you will face plant, but <laughs> You know, it's like, okay, so you're kind of lean back. You want to get the tips of the skis just above the water. You hold the, you know, you hold the handle out in front of you and then we'll start pulling. And it's like, and that's, you know, you get some basics about how to just get yourself set up. Right. But the, it, nothing can prepare you for the first time that you suddenly feel that rope and that handle pull in your hand. Yeah. And it starts lifting you out of the water or you maybe like you didn't hold your legs like firmly enough. So you just kind of end up flopping forward or, or whatever it is. So it's like, there is that body learning. Like we learn with more than just our minds, Yeah, you know, our body, like we have, our consciousness is a very complex things. And we learn in, in ways that go beyond just the mind you know, or at least the conscious mind. So it's like you, you usually, most people fail a few times trying to get up their first time out water skiing. Right. And even the first time you get up, you're, you're shaky because now you're like, okay, you figured out just the, a little bit of just the getting up part, but now you got to figure out the standing up part, yeah. <laughs> right? Now you got to hold it. Now you're feeling like the water underneath your feet as you're moving. And then you start to get used to that. Right. And maybe you get like, there's, there's so many parts of the process, but you start to get more adept at these, these little things, these little things, and they start building up. Next thing you know, you're, you're starting to make yourself turn. You learn how to make yourself be able to move left and right, how to go over the wake. You know, that's, that's always kind of like a terrifying first thing that you oh, try. Right. Cause it's like, all right, now I don't know how to go over the wake, but now I've got to go and do it. 
no one can come back over the way and come back (laughs) over the wake which is the harder is even harder (laughs) (laughs) you know and like you've got no one can really no one can really tell you the thing you know like it's um you know which is very much like a uh an aspect in in stuff like zen and zen training right where it's like they'll ask peculiar questions or or things like there's like an old story of of like a zen master who was looking who was getting old and was going to be dying pretty soon and so there needed to be a new person to take over and he had i think it was like a pot like a flower pot or or something like that in front. And he, and he asked, like, he asked the students, what is this? Like, tell me what, what this is. Um, and people responded in kind of like a lot of their interesting ways. And then it was like the cook or something who had been there for years and years and years and years. And he came up and he picked up and he picked up the pot and he, and he smashed it against the wall. (laughs) Um, and he became the master allegedly, uh, of the, of the school. Um, because, you know, there's like, maybe to put it in a, in a bit of a better example of that, it's like the difference between, it's like the difference between the sound of a gong and the words, the sound of a gong, Mm. (laughs) right? The difference between the meal and the menu, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to speak, right? Like it's it's the theory and the planning and the practice and all of that stuff. That's that's the sorry, not the practice, the theory and the planning and whatever. That's the menu. That's the menu, but it's not the meal. It doesn't it doesn't have the nourishment. It doesn't have the flavor. It doesn't have the it doesn't have the substance. You know, it's all just words at that <laughs> point. So I don't know. I think I've probably beaten that one, <laughs> beaten that well, one a little I mean, bit yeah, more than it, I need to. It's but it's a good example, though, because you know, like thinking of being warm when you're cold and actually having a fire next to you, there's a difference. And um, actually thinking about being warm, your mind is powerful. You actually will feel warmer if you really focus on it and you and you center yourself in that. And you, but you're not getting warmer physically. There's something about the physical part of our world that really matters. And you know what I'm thinking, actually, as we've been talking about this uh, conversation, I mean, it's pretty obvious if you really just stop and, and put it together, but it's where, where does the rubber meet the road, you know, and which is a saying of like, you have this very fancy sports car, but if you have really crappy tires on your sports car, I mean, how well is it going to hold to the road? And you know, you can have the most powerful engine, the best gearbox, like the best body of the car and all that stuff. But the, the rubber meeting the road really does matter in how well that car will perform mm-hmm. when you're talking about an automobile, automotive type of situation, right? So, um, you know, there's a part of the artist where we need to just like look at it, like where does the rubber meet the road? Where do I actually interact with the thing? And my general kind of advice is really just kind of going along the lines of like, look, like try to get the rubber to meet the road as soon as possible, because then once you have that feel, you're going to know what you can do with your engine, with your body style, with all these other things. Cause like 
it's just a waste for you to be the super intelligent, capable, skilled, trained person that can't even interact with the real thing. I mean, all your training is for nothing at that point. Um, am I saying that having a, you know, training and preparation and theory is meaningless? No, I'm not. I'm just saying that it doesn't matter unless you go to the basic foundational point, which is where does the rubber meet the road? Where does the thing actually interact with the thing that matters? Um, cause like, if you think about a car, right. Or a vehicle of any sort, but let's just talk about a sports car trying to go around a racetrack. It, you don't think about it, but the tires and the road are the two most important things of the entire experience. Then the power of the engine, the body of the car, and all the cool things that that it can make the tires do on the road, they're very relevant and they do matter. But they're nothing without the tires. Because without the tires, the most powerful engine is really nothing. Yeah. And so if you think of yourself as an artist and and like a sports car, there's a very just basic part of you. You just need to be rubber meets the road. You just need to think about how do I actually interact with this? I think acting is a great example of that because, you know, you have these actors and they go home and they practice their lines and they prepare the scene and they figure out how it's going to go. But until you're actually in the scene, interacting with the other actor, none of that matters. And if you try to stick to it when things go a different way, your performance is going to be crud. So... You know, if you go back to like the basics and then all your training can come in to assist the basics, wonderful. But if you don't have the basics, really your training and all that other stuff is just useless for you. It's really not going to help you. It's actually going to probably make it worse in yeah, a weird yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know how to actually really, really listen. Yeah. You know, that's exactly. my, my, my teachers, you know, he had this, he had this sign in in his classroom he had a few of them but one of them was really talk really listen <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's that, that that is rubber meets the road in acting like yeah. really talk really listen is rubber meets the road yeah that's and, where it and, begins because like if you're not really talking or really listening nothing you've learned matters yeah for sure yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> none of the technique will save you in no, the world it'll if you don't know how to do that you, it'll make it worse in a weird way you can be so well trained that you actually do a terrible performance if you don't really listen and don't really talk yeah and i mean we could probably find every rubber mates the road in every art but i totally. know for acting though that is rubber meets the road that is the touch point between between really doing it and theory you have to really listen and you have to really talk and if you can do those two things then everything you learn beyond that becomes, you know, it, it actually it helps it. But without yeah. those two things, it all hurts it. It's weird. It's like <laughs> totally. I'm glad that we we talked because like that that's that's brought me new depth to that whole that whole saying and awesome. and everything. So I I do appreciate that because yeah, man, there's so many there's so many actors who pretend to talk and pretend to listen. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's because you know what I think of, and I mean, and look, like you know, I think you have a lot more experience with acting and training actors than I do. But like, 
I think we learn acting backwards because we want to get into it. We want to do it and we want to do it well. And we've seen what we've seen in movies and we just want to kind of replicate that. I think that's how a lot of people start. Um, I think what, I, what I've kind of learned is, you know, gone through this journey of acting is that, you, you know, that's one of the things I really have learned to appreciate about Meisner is that if you just listen and respond and listen and respond, you solve a lot of the problems that a really well-trained actor ends up running into. Um, but I feel like a lot of acting classes and stuff, sometimes they just, they try to skip ahead. They try to go like, let's break down the scene and let's understand it. It's like, that's wonderful. You should totally understand the scene. Like you need to, but like, if you can't even listen to the person who really gives a shit. Cause like, it's just going to be so boring. Like, like acting, it doesn't like everything, like even driving a sports car, it all just comes down to a very basic thing, but then you build upon a very basic element. Right. And I, I think every art probably does that, you know, to some degree, it probably like, like, you know, I think I'm thinking music, for example, I play guitar a little bit, but something I've learned with the guitar is like, if you don't know your chords, tr good luck trying to play a song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to know your chords. Like how do your fingers actually go onto the thing? And, and, and the ability not only to know the chords, but to move your fingers from one chord to the next. That was one of the most mm -hmm. challenging things that I had to learn in the beginning. And I'm sure oh, yeah. you're very familiar with this, but like, if you can learn how to do that, you can learn how to play a lot of songs because you, even if you only know two or three chords, you have a lot of options all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, I think we got to wrap this one up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, uh, let's do a quick, uh, beer, beer, whatever. Shout yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Uh, I'll uh, go first. Okay. All right. Go for I'm it. Doing it. Okay. This is Valley Brewing. I honestly, I, I don't even know if I've had this before. I think I have, it's called Namesake Hazy IPA. Um, this is a Alberta brew. So it's local and I wanted to try a local one to where I'm at. They say it's a flagship full-bodied hazy smooth drinker. It has a pineapple, melon, and peach notes, which it's been delicious. Um, super tasty, 6.8%. <laughs> so you're, you're getting it, but uh, it's, it's a good beer. You don't notice the alcohol content and uh, I'm enjoying it. So there you go. Nice. I am uh I am drinking one that's also up there on the alcohol scale at six and a half percent. Not not quite up to yours, but um I'm drinking one from How Sound Brewing. Uh and this is their limited edition robust porter. And it's raspberry. It's like a raspberry porter. And it's delicious. Yeah, you seem like you liked it when you took your first sip. Yeah, no, I've been, I've really been enjoying. It. Like, it's a porter, so like for me, it's like it's still like it's a it's a sipping beer, but it's it's got such a nice balance. Like the raspberry is there, and it adds a nice like thing to it, but it doesn't. It's not all fruit. You still got like a nice sort of um, porter, like a good a good solid porter that's in the background there too with it. It's, it all comes together really nicely and really well balanced. So, uh, I'm very happy with, uh, how this one has gone. Nice. Nice. 
All right. Well, final uh, thoughts. You have any? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, I guess this is that time. This is that time to try and share some of those. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 th- <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, like just, just go like one of the thing we had talked about, maybe talk calling this show, you know, get your shit out there, put your shit out there. Like just do it. Just do it. Like you're ready. You're ready enough. You're ready enough for, for some step of this. And you're going to learn, you know, you're going to get yourself in the water and you're going to, and you're going to pull your, that boat's going to pull you up and you're going to, you know, maybe fall down a few times, but you're going to get, you're going to get yourself up there in no time at all. Like, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's not going to take you as long as you think to, to be seeing some progress, to seeing things happening, you know, but you've got to take that step. You've got to take that step. And it's, and, and the sooner you can do it, the better, the, 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 the sooner you actually get that, that learning that is going to be the most functional and usable and, and, and help you to really understand what it is that you're doing. So just, just do it. Just do it. You're ready. You're ready enough. Right on. Well, you know, I think there's room for improvement. And I think that you don't have to, you don't have to look at it. Like you don't have to be the best you'll ever be to begin. You you know, you'll get better, but like, just, you got to start doing it so that you can actually start figuring it out. And like, I think part of the problem is, is like a lot of people, they're scared that if they don't start and they're not the best or they're not awesome at it, but somehow that's like, you know, a mistake or whatever, like you're going to learn through feeling and you're going to be better as you go along. Like you don't have to put yourself into, like if it was a fighting situation, like say you're a competitive fighter, you don't have to put yourself into a competition fight, but you need to spar. You need to try sparring. You need, you know, like working your techniques and working all that stuff's going to be great. But like, until you spar, you're not going to know how your techniques actually play into a sparring match. Um, so get yourself some of that grassroots rubber meets the road practical um, experience so you can work and build from that. Because until you have that, I just don't think that a lot of your theory and your practical understanding is really going to be all that valuable to you. Um, you know, one of the things that I try to do in my courses is I get people creating right away. I get them doing stuff right away. And part of the reason is because once you start doing it, you're going to start seeing what you actually need to do. You're going to understand what we're talking about because, um, I talk about this in the podcast sometimes how I don't really teach theory, but I do teach theory, but I only teach theory once you've actually done something because, I've structured it that way and I've I've reevaluated what I teach. And I was like, Oh, I guess there is theory here, but the theory comes after you've done it. And the reason why I do that is because once you've done it, you have that practical real world experience on how to work with theory and you understand why it works. Um, Another thing I'll mention, and I think this will help me just wrap this baby up from my side, but I have a, a client right now. And she started out of the gate in one of my classes doing some world-class work, like literally world-class, like just, you're like, wow, you're like protege level. Like you're like bringing in something that's just profoundly great. 
And then we worked next week, and this was the week before, we worked the, the, the last week, and we looked at it and we're like, wait a minute, this is actually not really helping achieve the goal we're trying to do. Like, this is a great thing, but for like maybe a thriller movie, but the type of movie you're trying to do, this actually doesn't serve it. So we talked about, can we abandon these ideas? And what I'm so proud of her doing was she had great ideas that she was willing to abandon for better ideas she might come across. And so my point is, is that by doing it, she came up with great ideas. And, you know, there's always a danger in applauding someone too early because then they get these great ideas and they get attached to them. But the fact that she was willing to abandon great ideas for even better ideas, that's what this is, what I think Evan and I are trying to talk about. It's like, but once you're actually in it, doing it, you're going to find out, you're going to be wrestling it, handling it, working with it, you know, and it's not always easy, but the thing is, is like when you have something to grab onto, it makes it a lot easier to like let go of it and actually try and grab on something else. If it's just theory that you're grabbing onto, you're not really grabbing onto anything. You're grabbing onto air and then letting go of it isn't real anyway. And grabbing onto something else isn't real anyway. But when you're actually creating and you're doing it, you know, you're, you're, you're doing it. And then if you let it go, you really feel letting it go. And that's an important part of the process of letting something go, grabbing onto something else and, you know, finding traction, if we want to call it that way, find traction in your art. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.